Hey, Lights, Camera, Barstool listeners, you can find us every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes a bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball nips. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball nips and have a great time on the golf course. To infinity and beyond! The Lord tells me he can get me out of this mess, but he's pretty sure you're fucked. Nick, it's why you fail. You can't handle the truth! Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Say hello to my little friend! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Say what again! Say what again! I dare you! I double dare you, motherfucker! Say what one more goddamn time! What? We've got here is failure to communicate. You Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Welcome to Lights, Camera, Barstool, episode 80. I like those round numbers. Yes! That's cool. God, we're so you are correct, sir. <laughs> what's a, what's an are... NFL player that's number is 880 so we could say it's our blank episode? Like a famous NFL. Like Jerry Rice was 80, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. He thinks, though, so let's not say the Jerry Rice episode. Um, Current. Um, well, we're going to talk about the Browns, Colts, and Chargers here. Jarvis Landry's number 80. but uh, Jarvis Landry episode. Why not? He's probably better pound for pound than Jerry Rice, as uh, argument Mr. Trill Whiskers might say. <laughs> let's uh, well, let's do a quick NFL recap. We may not do this every week, but this week was fucking perfect. So this podcast is a Browns fan, a Chargers fan, and a Colts fan. Uh, the Browns snapped their 17-game losing streak by not winning. Uh, that was tough as a Browns fan to take in because they blew many chances to win. I still don't know how to react to that because ties are fucking weird. I would imagine Steelers fans might feel shittier because, I mean, they're Super Bowl contenders. The Browns are on the up and up, and, like, you know, they look positive. They have some things that they're going to improve on. Steelers, they have to be like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, meanwhile, the Indianapolis Colts, Mr. Ballins, were they, were they, did they have the lead or were they driving to take the lead or win the game when they, when Jack Doyle fumbled? No, they didn't have the lead. I think it was no, they were 27, dri- 23. Yeah, they were, dri- so, they, they were driving. Yeah. So they drove. Jack Doyle fumbled it, returned for a touchdown. Bengals beat the Colts in heartbreaking fashion. Andrew Luck looked pretty decent, especially after getting his head put into an actual blender and turned into mush. <laughs> For gross. a guy whose uh, whose shoulder, his MRI in his shoulder probably looks like when you cut a spaghetti squash in half, he did, <laughs> he did pretty well. Uh, and then uh, Ken Jack, the Chargers, who, I mean, I know you've talked about this before. I'm not sure on the pod, but the, the home stadium situation has got to be the worst in the NFL. They're just always playing at a neutral site, basically. They had one of their characteristic early season heartbreaking losses or tough losses basically yeah uh it was our ninth straight loss in a row to the chiefs which is always a good thing in a rivalry within your division and uh they let give up a 91 yard punt return they dropped three touchdown passes that were like surefire and basically just let pat mahomes ram the ball down their throats through the air but he looked good 
positive takeaway, there was no fans in the stadium to witness them get their throat stomped. In. So that's a good thing. <laughs> the Chargers good basically don't exist anymore. They're in the phantom zone. Just this yeah, weird exactly. state limbo. It's so stupid. I, I, I got used to the Rams in LA pretty quick, but I still can't. I still can't bring myself to call them the Los Angeles Chargers. I, I still maybe think mentally they're in San Diego. Maybe that's because the Rams were in like LA in like whatever the nineties and the Chargers haven't been in LA since like nineteen sixty five. That's probably the reason why that disassociation. Yeah. There was uh I don't know. Which is weird I, because I, the Rams I mean the Rams won a Super Bowl in St. Louis and then they're yeah. back in LA. I'm all like, okay, well I'm I'm used to that already. The uh the the weird thing is still a stadium for me. It's I mean it's a soccer stadium. It just looks so bizarre and out of place. But they'll be in that new one not that far from now. Is it next year or the year after? Uh, it's the year after. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's a big monstrosity when you fly into LAX. You fly right over it. That thing's gonna center, be baby. That thing's gonna be so soulless. Like that's gonna be like just the perfect <laughs> temple for the NFL. It's just this big corporate complex with a shopping mall attached. Walk through, go to a PF Chang's to get to get an appetizer, then go get a bazooki <laughs> at BJ's or whatever they put in there. And they're gonna host the draft there, I think. I mean, I don't know. It might it might end up being cool. I'm being Nancy uh, negative Nancy on this one, but uh, yeah, you know, the, here's the here's the thing. Okay, let me assess your guys' situations. I thought if I were a Browns fan, I would be encouraged by today's game. Yeah, it sucks they didn't win that, and I thought they were going to win that, but also. They played the fucking Steelers really tough. I mean, that that was the most life we had ever seen from the Browns in years. Also, ties kind of stupid. I, I get why they do it. You can't have these guys playing forever in the NFL because that will ruin them for the next three or four weeks. But uh, go to the college rules or something like that, something that guarantees more of a definite ending to a game. The Chargers, the Chiefs just look good. Chargers look, I don't know if the Chargers look bad. But I still think anybody who is saying the Chargers were going to the Super Bowl in the preseason, that, that's some crazy town uh, language to me. And then the Colts, the, the Colts probably have one of the worst rosters in the NFL. And people in the Colts media try to cover it up, say today looked encouraging. Yeah, they didn't play all that bad. You know, they could have won. But also, like Andrew Luck essentially has two kids in a trench coat blocking for him. <laughs> and that's that's ultimately and and here's the thing about Andrew Luck that that I mean I I think I appreciate it but I also wouldn't do the same if I were in, if I were in his situation if I like right before the game if it announced that my like two linemen were out and I knew that because my shoulder was bad and that was the reason I had a bad shoulder is because I got hit every play in 2014 and before that I just I would think about sitting out. I would just consider it. But Andrew Lux, he's, he's got too much grit to do that. I think he's too much of a team guy. I don't think he would do that. But, but I would do that. I'd be like, shit, I'm not, I'm not going to play for you guys if you're not going to put anyone in front of me. Yeah, and of course, as you said, his shoulder is complete. Just, I mean, it's nothingness. And again, he also took a vicious helmet-to-helmet. One of the worst helmet-to-helmets I've ever seen, actually. I have no idea how he got up off the field. That was T. a very well-deserved injection. T.Y. Hilton yeah. is good, but T.Y. Hilton is not a WR1. He is not a, a one-slot wide receiver. Convince me otherwise. You can't. T.Y. Hilton, younger, uh, <clears throat> older than Josh Gordon. People forget. Mm, I, I didn't know that. Josh Gordon's great, yeah. by the way. What a, yeah, that was encouraging. What a great catch yet. To Rod, 
<laughs> Tyrod was uh, was a bit off. Line was bad. But uh, you know what? Week one. So, uh, but mostly depressing week one for our three teams. So just not, not great. A uh, little, uh, little news, a little update for what's happening in the next two weeks with our reviews. Uh, next week we will be reviewing, or excuse me, this Thursday, we're going to be reviewing the nun and searching. So the nun and searching, and then we're going to be ranking and I'm excited for this one. We're going to be ranking our top 10, the top 10 movies that scared us as kids. So not exactly horror movies. You know, it could just be a movie that, you know, a lot of people say like Wizard of Oz scared them or, you know, Willy Wonka scared them. So the top the movies that scared us as kids. I'm excited for that. The week after we have The Predator, which we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. That movie premiered. And then the week after that, guess what, folks? Mr. Ballins, you saw Black Klansman. No comments, I, though. We're, we're going to save them. But but it, it's it, the bag has been acquired. Yeah. And you guys, you guys pointed, uh, pointed out, I got called out on Twitter. Um, Jake eight, two, one, seven, five, seven, nine, eight. So <laughs> this is somebody's burner account, which is fine. Um, he said, uh, Trill Bollins is a lazy piece of shit. You're a movie <laughs> podcaster and you can't even go watch a movie. And to that, I say somewhat of a fair criticism. Somewhat. I, I've, I've been off. I've been busy in my personal life. Um, but I've, I'm, catching up on all these movies i'm sorry if uh, folks are disappointed we can't talk to them but my life's settling down a little bit and i think we're in a better place also i'm not ready to say i'm a movie podcaster yet mm, I think yeah. that, that's not a i i, I um mm, just being a podcaster sounds so weird it sounds like uh you know i i, I just wear a diaper and a t-shirt all day and <laughs> i <laughs> just sit, sit in a room you know ready to podcast but a movie podcaster I, I i don't know if i can accept that responsibility so i'm gonna classify myself as the third man on a movie podcast that's fair i also i mean again let me stress black clansman was not your fault it just wasn't where you were i mean it just hey, wasn't there you don't have to defend me i i just want to say to the audience i i know i haven't been able to see these movies i realize this i apologize I'm seeing the movies. I'm getting caught up. It was a good weekend for me to do that. And we will come through with some good movie reviews that weren't on Netflix. And uh, yeah, I mean, Jake, uh, Jake. uh, Well, I got to get his full name. So his first name is Jake. (laughs) And then his last name's eight, two, one, seven, five, seven, nine, eight. I apologize. You're right. Yeah, I mean that that was a fair assessment. The, the one thing we should definitely note here is that I think our combined three person review of Black Klansman wouldn't have been that exciting because we all love it, and it would just be us three talking about how much we liked it. It wouldn't exactly be an entertaining podcast uh, discussion. And after that, like me and Jeff review everything in blogs anyway. So if you really are just like craving that review, we have it on BarstoolSports.com and that and every other movie that we ever see. So go read those if you're craving. Yeah, when when people get me at certain times and I just give really just mean replies, not even mean, just like blunt negative replies, it's usually me saying we did review it and I just link the blog, like read the fuck, read our fucking hard work. I think the bad optic for you, Trill, is that whenever we do those, we typically don't talk to you about the movie until the pod and we release them on the day of the pod or before. And so it looks like you just have two question marks next to your score. So a little bit of our fault. It's it's a group effort here. It's a group. Yeah. I think the question mark question mark next to my score real is bad bad optics for me. It's not a good look. Yeah. So, um, whatever you know, we're we're coming through. We're getting into the meat of movie season. This right here is you know, if we're at a steakhouse, 
we're starting fall. This is this is the you know what appetizers do you get at a steakhouse? Blue and onion. Uh, a wedge salad, a blooming onion. Yeah, yeah, we're getting we're getting the wedge salad and blooming onion, and then we'll get into you know, October, November, December, and and the whole prestige award season, and we'll do the same thing we did last year. I thought we did a good job last year. That's when you hit our stride. We had a lot to talk about, and it won't be so Star Wars centric this time. That's true because there's no fucking Star Wars movie this year. There isn't. In, That's very in, true. In the holiday season. I mean, I read it last week, but the stuff that's coming up for us is it's big. I'm really, really excited to be to get back to the theater, not just like once, but like multiple times a week. Very excited for that. So again, next week, or excuse me, this Thursday, The Nun and Searching the Week After, Black Klansman, I think something else. Or no, excuse me, Predator and the Week After That, Black Klansman, I think something else. Maybe eighth grade. We'll see. Uh, let's get into it, though. Movie news. Halloween. Uh, I premiered at TIFF, Toronto International Film Festival. Two fairly good reviews. Right now it's sitting with 16 reviews at an 88% of Rotten Tomatoes. It was at a 93, so there's another negative one. The consensus is that it's very fulfilling for, for people who are fans, for sure. And that the beginning is very good. The end is very satisfying and good. But I, where people seem to differ is the middle. There are less negative reactions on Rotten Tomatoes than I saw on Twitter. So I think that score might be a little higher than it actually is. I think it's probably around the B minus B range. But I, I could be wrong because it, it, mm. it is kind of hard to scan all the reviews and tell who really, it, like, not just saw it, but, like, who is, like, a, a quote-unquote reviewer. Did you guys see that leaked clip that came out? No. Oh, no. Oh, well, so you know how... Well, we've been making a big deal out of Pikachu having speaking lines, right? Like, that's such a big deal. Well, Michael Myers actually has speaking lines in this one. So, Jeff, if you just play the clip real quick. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, do I make you horny, baby? Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So I thought that was that that was kind of weird. You know, that they tie those together, especially since Baby Driver basically made that joke, kind of. So I, I don't know. I would say that I'd say that's a very brave move from them. Um, and also, <laughs> we, um, yeah, I found some real blue collar reviews to counter all the good critical press from the elite uh, coastal media people that have been reviewing. <laughs> so um, Tro, I'm going to send you some of these reviews that I found so that you can read them so that okay. it's impartial. Okay. I just sent you the um, the reviews in a Google document. <laughs> yeah, I just compiled them there for you. So I need <laughs> so per- convenient. I need, I need permission. So now I need to send the request back to you, and you need to give me permission. <laughs> this is uh, I'm real gonna, good. I'm gonna post them into the into our chat instead. Oh, then. That logistically, that would make more sense. You, you know, know yeah. just so Google be right there. More functional. Okay. Um... <laughs> okay. So. So you, you sent me some Twitter reactions, some from some 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 people that attended the Toronto Film Festival. Um, at Phil one two three four five six seven says Halloween more like Hall of Teens because this movie loved One Direction and that direction was bad. All right, that's kind of a weird take. Um, at Alvic four zero one one seven five six zero, this movie really thought it could get away with the twelfth installment. Who do they think they are? My kitchen faucet that my wa- my kitchen faucet that my wife has been complaining about for fifteen months. Wow, got a real Rover Dangerfield take here. At honesty three four one nine seven eight eight eight. I'm I'm not reading this shit. 
<laughs> Please. Okay, so at honesty three four one nine seven one eight eight says, I'm. Your son calls me dad. <laughs> mm. These are real Halloween reviews? Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. And so the last one is at... Two more. Oh, okay. So at S. Bonhams. Anyone trying to suggest that you can approach shitty looking movies with a cautious optimism instead out of, I guess, Ken Jack. It's a little misspelling there. Instead of <laughs> outright bitchy pessimism is a liar. Find a new slant. It seems really specific. Yeah, it's just um, the people talking. What's that from? <laughs> you you don't get the reference? No. What what is it? Oh, bleep this out or cut this out. But it, it's the Brian Colangelo thing. Oh, got it. Okay. These are literally all the 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 five acts of the people who he had burner accounts of. Okay. Okay. And so the final one is that enough unknown. So on. Uh, I listened to Lights Camera Barstool and heard Ken Jack say this movie was going to be bad. Turns out he was right. So thanks to him for the advice and also for having such a nice dick and balls that probably <laughs> shoot out elite caliber ropes. Wow. Right. Well, the, I mean, these are real reactions to Halloween. It, it it really seemed like the first one only had a relevant review for the movie Halloween. But because this is the Internet, I guess that makes sense. You know, one out of the six replies actually were pertinent to the subject. Everything else seemed a little harsh. Yeah, we're, we're a movie podcast by the common man for the common man. So we need to see what they have to say. So I think it's important we, uh, we you know, express what blue-collar people are thinking. Oh I mean, how do you know God. these people are blue-collar people, though? They're, from, they're on the internet. Rich people don't go on the internet, right, Elon Musk? <laughs> Hello, Mr. <laughs> Chapo. That, that picture of him, like, with the post <laughs> toke grimace on his face probably one of the funniest things i'd ever seen it is <laughs> and it is that i mean people are like why alone. don't people no, are like ahead. why aren't why aren't you on twitter as much and it's just because like reality in pop culture has just become so ridiculous that it's just that how can you top that it actually happened like on joe rogan joe rogan's like Hey, well, I was out doing uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I found the tenth dimension and Elon Musk just like takes <laughs> takes a yes. huge toke. Perfect just the perfect toke grimace. Like that shit's cutting his lungs up. What what strain is this, Mr. Rogan? I must know. What did I do for his voice last time? Kermit the Frog? Should have done yeah, that. You did pretty much. You thought he sounded like Kermit the Frog. I had no idea. I just assumed he he's like Canadian, but I just assumed he had some Wait. weird like Belgian accent. Here's the problem. Now when I look at him and I don't hear him talk, I just imagine him talking like Kermit the Frog. Like that's just how he sounds in my head now. The interview is the interview is completely a, a must watch uh, because our, because uh, just him talking about smoking weed and he's like, "Have you ever tried this before?" And he's like, uh, "I think so." It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fucking answer is that? That's a no, dude. Um... <laughs> Okay, so if you had to have like an Elon Musk biopic by 2020, who would you cast as him? Like, let's just say, let's just say he actually like gets in a rocket and flies into space, never to be seen from again. And the Hollywood people are like, "Shit, we got to get on this." I mean, I don't know who I would cast because he's such a he's such a unique presence. Would it be 20 years from now when this movie comes out? So would we have to pick a younger no, actor? No, I'm saying, I'm saying 2020. So okay. like, yeah. So like, say he went to space. And he's like in a space colony, but his story's done. Nobody hears from him ever again. 
the Hollywood studios are like, shit, we got to capitalize on this and get a movie out fast. Who would you cast? I would probably say Brendan Fraser. Mm, I think he, oh, could, yeah, I think he could do. Yeah, I think he could do it. That is a perfect pick. Damn. No, yeah. I didn't think about that. That's that dead on. Yeah, I can. That That is pretty good. And he, he's a little quirky, too. And I think you have to be for that role. I like that. That's actually a good one. That's not even like our normal standing for him. Like, that's pretty good. Who would you cast yeah. as Joe Rogan? Because that, that movie would, <laughs> that interview would probably transition from Acts 2 to 3. Dana White. Joe Rogan. Who Actual Joe, Joe Rogan. Shit, dude. Just get Joe Rogan. Joe, well, well, maybe it'd be like the Dennis Miller in Joe Dirt. Like, he just plays himself. <laughs> Michael that's- Chiklis. See, that's going to bother me all day. Who would play Joe Rogan? He actually, a couple of pictures, he does look like Michael Chiklis. Who would play Joe? Remember Michael Chiklis was really big after Fantastic Four. He had like that cop show that they showed like commercials for nonstop. The Shield, I think, right? Is was that, that it? what it was? I never really remember in... Michael Chiklis being really big. Not like really big, but he was just everywhere because he had like a CBS show and they just promoted it nonstop. It's like, yeah, come watch Michael Chiklis in The Shield. I never watched an episode of The Shield, but it seemed like a pretty interesting time because Michael Chiklis is in it, and he's large and bald, and that's cool, I guess. Look at The Rock. Man, who would, who would play Rogan? That's going to bother me. It's going to bother me for the rest of the night. Because you're such a movie casting guy, now your head's going to get caught up in this. Well, I'm just Googling bald actors now. Jason that's Stanford. always a good start. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, hey. Get to the 10th dimension, I'm going to tell you. Get that's some... De-aging on Stanley Tucci a bit. Have have the Tooch Man do it. Imagine that that's a huge Joe Bollins movie. The Tooch Man alongside Brendan Fraser. Like Frost Nixon, R- Rogan Musk. It's just like the the follow-up movie to Frost Nixon. Yeah, but Tucci's Tucci doesn't have Tucci has a very good body shape, but it's not the Joe Rogan's body shape. Yeah. yeah like Joe Joe Rogan is like peak performance male. Tucci <laughs> yep. Tucci Tucci is like peak perform performance like urban male rogan musk sounds like an actual perfume like a cologne mm-hmm. like yeah. it smells like uh, the hot couch yeah. something we need to talk about on our podcast which is invented on another podcast <laughs> hot couch uh-huh. guy. the hot couch guy hot couch guy is one of the funniest terms i think i've heard in my entire life uh where were we oh halloween all right so the reactions uh pretty decent but there's still a little bit of you know i, I know trill and i kind of went for this you were against it last weekend jack but I'm not gonna no uh not gonna declare victory on this being a good time yet because like there's still a little bit within the good reviews that makes me hesitate a touch because everyone knows yeah. these film festivals and everything they sometimes have a little more of a positive slant before yeah. the actual like you know screenings well, and then when it's released they're big PR things I, I here's yeah. here's my projection for how we write this movie Jeff I I think much like Happy Death Day you and I are gonna like it and I think Ken Jack's not gonna like it I don't. I don't think Ken Jack doesn't like horror movies. And this is I don't think I'm gonna rate it like a 17 or whatever like I did. No, but but I can I can see you I can see me and Jeff going somewhere between 70 and 90 landing in there, and I can see you going down to like 50, 60. What actually worries me is there was a review saying that there's a, a ridiculous subplot. Yeah, and that does that well, Michael Myers like, talking thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because in that movie, all you want, like even you, Ken Jack, you're not excited for it, but like in your hypothetical good version of this, nobody wants anything but Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. This is going to have to be the outro song. Do I make you Randy, baby? Do I make yeah. you Randy, baby? Yeah. Well, if it's the outro song, you got to find the techno remix. Techno dubstep yeah. remix, Jeff. It's not techno. I don't play techno music. You fucking, <laughs> fucking dad. I called you a dad. I called you pops the other day. 
My dog is barking. Do you hear that? No. Aaron Rodgers is hurt. Wait, play that dog barking again? Oh, you can't hear it. Oh, do you guys hear that? (laughs) Yeah, baby. Yeah. (laughs) I'm James Corden, baby. Yeah. Oh, no. Don't don't speak that into existence. Do not speak the James Corden Austin Powers remake into existence. (laughs) Um, next movie, we got to move on. By the way, uh, John Legend became an EGOT winner as of a few minutes ago. Congratulations to John Legend. What, um, is, are the Tonys going on right now? Uh, Emmys, but I think it's like Arts Emmys, and he won for Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. Um, so congrats to John Legend. I'm sure there'll be some sort of viral Chrissy Teigen tweet that Ken Jack will like based around. Oh God, yeah, for sure. I don't get the the hate for Chrissy Teigen. Here's here's where the tweet is going to be. The tweet is going to be like her and him at like McDonald's. And like when you win like uh, Tony, you got to eat McDonald's because I'm regular just like you. And 50 billion retweets of like normies coming their panties over this. (laughs) Uh, There's actually a retweet that you tweeted the other day. What did it say? Oh, the it's, iced coffee one? I mean, just the fact that that has that many retweets, is, it, it since, hurts me. Since I had quote tweeted it, it got like 100,000 more, which is insane. And the tweet was just like, I'm I'm poor, but I'm never too poor for iced coffee. Like 100,000 retweets when I got it. Now it's at like 300,000. That's bonkers. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. Yeah, that's, that's wild, just... man. That's wild. Oof. Uh, all right. Anyway, guess we should move on. The Predator coming out this week. I keep saying this week. Out. What if I'm wrong? Didn't it come out? I thought it came out on the uh, Friday. No, it's out this Friday, this Thursday oh, okay. night. Previews of Thursday night. The Predator, uh, early screenings, premiere, 14 fresh and rotten tomatoes, eight rotten. Interesting reviews. Uh, they say that it's a fast paced, fun kind of in your face just action movie with you know a monster uh they say it's over the top aggressive but i think that's part of why some people like it some people don't like the same reason some people are going to like it seems like the same reason some people are going to hate it so i mean that's kind of what we expected like none of these reviews surprised me at all did you see did you see i saw i saw like this thing where um uh they have a like an exclusive clip that they sent out to like us because we're on like these movie lists right so like from the producer studios i just sent it to trill so he can play it for you okay i'm gonna boot it up yeah baby (laughs) i'm the predator baby does my thermal vision make you horny baby yeah i'm the predator i am the predator i am the predator if hey you know what and by the way, we, we were sending out merch to people who we owed merch for contests. If somebody listening shows up to the Predator dressed as Austin Powers and tweets us a picture, you get a free T-shirt. <laughs> and this <laughs> thing goes with Halloween. That one guy, I think uh, last year or two years ago, that dressed up as um, the Austin Powers Joker uh, mashup was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Do you remember that, bro? Yeah, that was awesome. So Want to know how I got these groovy scars, baby? <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, where were we? Ah, oh, Predator. There we go. Man, we're we're venturing off like usual on Sunday, and I love it because we're doing audience rankings later. By the way, new segment, set of questions. We're gonna rank random shit, which will be fun as always. But all right, quick Predator thoughts. Does this surprise you at all? Mixed reviews, and the good and the bad are based off the same exact things. No, doesn't surprise me. I still think I'm gonna like it. I, I still think this looks like a movie I will enjoy. 
although I project my score being somewhere like 65 to 75, that's, that's kind of where I'm pegging this band. Now I could be surprised. I could hate it, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is where I thought it would be 14 positive, eight negative. That's not too bad. Mm, yeah. I think it's going to be like, okay. Uh, it'll be like a serviceable action movie, but people are all hyping it up, obviously, because Shane Black's behind it and he was in Predator. And they're like, oh, because he was in Predator, it's obviously going to be good, unlike everyone that's come out since Predator. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. Although I do like, I would say, a vast majority of Shane Black's work so far. Now, I, I've i always struggled to really kind of talk about our expectations, how we factor into ratings and we we like a movie. Uh-huh. But I think the Predator is a really good one because the Predator, are you reacting to Khalil Mack? Your just reaction strips, is yeah, he just, he just yeah. strips at Kaiser. Yeah, that was, it's pretty great. Former Brown's QB, Kaiser. Uh, yeah. So, like, you may let's, let me see if you agree with me on this one. I, I, like, if the movie's corny and eye rolly, like that's fine because I kind of expect that. Like, that'll be factored into my score. But if it's a fun popcorn movie, I don't really care. Like, you know, if it's a fun popcorn movie, have a good time. That's all I care about. That's kind of what I want. I'm like, I'm excited to see this. I think it's going to be like stupid. What was the line we quoted with? Uh, shit. The line we quoted Keegan, he talked about the predator. Says, yeah, I forget what he says, but it's like the worst line I think I've ever heard. And the fact that they no, chose the other one pretty bad when they're when they're naming the predator, whatever. When they're like, oh, naming um, goes, fuck yeah. Sterling Sterling Rout says, yeah. um, he's like, oh, it's hunts for sport, and Olivia uh, Moon is like, like yeah. says something like, oh, it's really hunts for trophy then. And he's like, yeah, but predator sounds cooler, right, guys? And they're all like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, fuck <laughs> yeah. Did you just say Olivia Munn, like the alien race from Star Wars, the the Moon? What? Yeah, you said Olivia I, Moon. I said Munn. I thought. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I just I I maybe I misheard. I probably pronounced it wrong. I pronounce wrong stuff wrong all the time. No, it just brought me back. The... <laughs> brought me back to a year ago when we were talking if uh, Snoke was a moon or not. Oh yeah. Hmm. Even though is isn't that a Mun? I don't know. I thought it was. God, I don't know. Mun. Remember when we podcast last year? It's crazy. Uh, yeah, so the Predator, we all kind of expect the same thing. That comes out this week. We're going to review it next week. Let's move on to The Nun. Earned $55 million at the box office. I've watched this movie. I'm going to save my thoughts. Ken, Jack, you watched it. You had a little more positive reaction, right? Do you want to shed a little light or do you want to save yours? You saw it on IMAX with, what, like eight people? <laughs> I think it was like maybe like 10, 15, 16 people or something like that. But it was also a one o'clock showing on a Saturday. So that might be somewhat of an indicator why. But it was raining. I don't know. But I thought it was sort of scary. But my I also have a very dumb, simple brain that gets scared by jump scares and ominous Gregorian chants. And Christianity in general just scares me. So everything about it was just a perfect mix to scare the shit out of me. And that it did. It, it was I was very anxiety ridden throughout the movie. The... Uh, yeah, that has... A twenty eight percent around tomatoes right now. Yeah, so I was to say the rating's not that no. bad, four point six out of ten. Uh, but oh, you know, as God, as as Gotti taught us, you can't you can't trust these. But <laughs> like Gotti and Halloween. Yeah. Oh. I said, <laughs> hey, I said yeah in agreement. It's good. We're an uh, improv podcast now. Yeah, and the the audience scores in great either. Uh, you know, we'll see what the audience thinks. The, our audience is what we care about. Don't give a shit about this other audience. Care what our audience thinks. So we'll get to the nun. But $55 million at the box office, that's a massive thing. The Conjuring makes money. That's more than The Quiet Place, which is just one of those Hollywood things that makes you shake your head. You're like, oh, God damn it. Original what movie. Was, uh, what was the nun's? Was the nun rated R? Yeah. Uh, Probably. I don't know. Yeah, rated R. For terror, okay. violence, and disturbing bloody images. 
Hmm. I'm, sur- I'm that surprised. Classic jump scare. Yeah. I mean, I thought it'd be rated R based upon the trailers, but uh, it made a lot of mo- money for a rated R horror movie. Huh. M- money. Huh. Mo- money. Good one. Nice call. Trill, oh. you uh, you had the idea for one of our favorite, my our favorite videos we've ever tweeted, and that was the jump scare from the nun. But halfway through the jump scare, it's just the slap, the actual slap from Zachary Quinto. Yeah, I that 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 didn't get a lot of retweets, but I I think it was uh, I think it was a funny concept. I mean, I I just I, think that should be a running point, gag for us. It should, and at this point, we're gonna have to watch the slap. Some way, somehow, we're gonna have to do some sort of slap watch, like, well, like basically, like we'll call it like the slap club, and we can just uh, everyone we watch one episode a week, we talk about it for five to ten minutes on Sunday, and see how the slap is. Um, it show it fascinates me, and every time we tweet something like that, we always get about ten or twelve replies of people like, is that, is that real? Is that a real show, or is that like an SNL skit? But no, the slap was real, eight episode miniseries. So we'll, we'll talk about the slap again at some point. Uh, let's go with. Two more pieces of news here. Beach Bum trailer. This is the movie where, I mean, Matthew McConaughey looks like a Harmony Korean character. That's because he is. He's in the Harmony Korean movie with Zac Efron. Uh, he's looks like a bum. He's got the Hawaiian shirt, a grill. It, it's, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. It's a rather short trailer. Isla Fisher's in it as well. What do we think about Beach Bum? There's been a lot of stuff about Beach Bum making his way around for the last probably like a year or so, but now we finally see something more than just set photos. I, so the, the Korean movies I've seen kids didn't really like that much. Everyone thinks that's a classic and spring breakers, which I hated spring breakers. Oh um, God. Yeah. Which, which, you know, might say more, more to me and just to my taste. So I'm not, I'm not saying they're bad movies. I just didn't like them. I don't feel like I'll like this movie after seeing this trailer. I, uh, you know, McConaughey, portrays an interesting character and i i like mcconaughey in nearly everything but as a movie i i don't i don't know how this is gonna work didn't really like i we didn't really get a sense of like what his actual struggle will be so maybe it'll be more to it because like he's got to hit some sort of like crisis or something but if it's him playing that for 90 minutes with no problems then it looks like shit yeah i thought it looked pretty fun it's it's uh matthew mcconaughey basically playing matthew mcconaughey and like venice beast or something like snoop dogs in it Zach F. Snack Efron is in it. Like that's everything about it to me screams. I will enjoy it regardless if it is good or bad because it's visually appealing. So that's the the gold star I'm going to give it based off the trailer. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's not out till next year. It's not out till March 22nd next year. Uh, so I don't know. I'm not a big Harmony Korean fan, so I don't expect anything from this. I mean, Spring Breakers was hot trash. No doubt. I mean, just a fucking awful movie. And it was awful from the get-go with the ads and the trailers, and then it just ended up being a straight-up bad movie. Uh, so Beach Bum trailers out. Go check it out. Last but not least, Netflix. People are saying that Netflix potentially deleted their user review database because they didn't want them on their original movies. I found this interesting because we did talk about the original movies last week, and we did review one good one and one bad one, even though Trill was a big fan of the package. You said it's one of the best movies you've seen this year, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Just hilarious movie. But uh, there's another one that's out that's apparently awful. It's like Sierra Burgess, which stars Ken Jack's favorite actress, who plays his favorite character from his favorite show, Barb from Stranger Things. Uh, so so a, a lot of their movies are not good on Netflix, no doubt. So I mildly believe this. They throw a lot of shit against the wall. 
I just want to say this one thing about Barb and that it's like I'd have nothing against her. It, it was a venom again, almost like the office spewed directly at the people who stand her for no real reason, like at all. Like they said she deserved an Emmy for her portrayal as Barb in Stranger Things. Like, fuck off, man. Like, I get it. Whatever. Like, if you like made a meme out of it, but people took it very seriously on the Internet for a very long time. And it was an annoying phenomenon. And yeah. to the point where I started the embargo for I think like three months. And <laughs> Wait, the guy that uh, uh, what do you call? Somebody told the... you to fuck off, right? Yeah, the guy from Stranger Things, the guy who plays the professor. He's he's like boys with the guys from Brunch. So like I I'm not gonna shit talk him or anything, but I think his, his name is Randy something. I don't remember what. But he basically he quote tweet dunked on me like like yeah maybe you should just shut up and enjoy the show. And I was like, fuck you, dude. Like dude, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, man. It's annoying. You don't get it because you're an actor and you're not online. But I am. A, I very much have free time and an online, and it's annoying. I, I, yeah, Barb is like the equivalent to the internet joke where somebody posts a picture and everybody looks in the background for things to comment on because it's it's funny. Um, yeah. Because you know she was in the background of that show and people thought, oh, this subplot never really tied up. Everybody forgot about her, and then they. Based, based a movie off of uh, the, the actress who plays her, which, you know, I'm glad she's getting paid to do things. I think that's cool, but um, I, I don't know. I'm I, I, not the biggest Stranger Things fan, and I don't know how this movie looks, but I think it makes complete sense for Netflix to not post reviews for anything. I don't like it. We've talked about this before. Like, there's no point for them if they're trying to get people to watch stuff to, like, have a review feature anymore. It doesn't make sense because well, then then you can discern good content for bad, and that that defeats uh, a lot of what they're producing. It's kind of like a redundant move anyway, right? Because if somebody wants a review and like it's not on Netflix, do you think they're just gonna be like, oh, guess I'll just see it anyway? Like, no, they're just gonna go to Rotten Tomatoes or another site and find a review anyway. So it's redundant, he, but I get the reason behind doing it, especially with um, they started they got rid of the percentage of people who liked it, right? Like after the Amy Schumer special came out, that like just got a wave of negative reviews and they just start, they change it to like the plus the plus or thumbs up, thumbs down thing. Like I get that, but it, getting rid of the reviews, I don't think changes the person who would be writing the reviews like mindset. Yeah. But, but at the same time um, you think about how you use Netflix and how Netflix presents its things to you and everybody gets caught up in that weird loop where you go on Netflix and you have this plethora of options, but you don't really know what to watch. And then if you put a, a rating up on there, like that helps you make the decision and whittle things down. And so if Netflix is trying to promote these things and they got the big banners that say insatiable, whatever else original they have up there, and that's the top banner, like you might otherwise be interested until you go in and see, oh, it's like 1.5 five stars out of five. And then everybody starts demanding to, for them to bring fucking you know, Parks and Recreation back on the platform or whatever show they've taken off. Hey, they never left, man. Well, bring I know, back, but uh, there's back um, it. it's always sunny. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like always sunny left, and there was another one that Futurama left after a while. Dude, Didn't they go to Hulu was, or something? I was so pissed at Futurama left. Yeah, I mean that's that's something where like yeah, I mean obviously their business model is they they don't want to buy content for other people because they make more money. They produce their own content, and I just still think they have an issue. I think some things are good, but I think the majority of what they produce is not that great compared to content that's been curated and produced by other people. Um, and I think by having that rating up there and like getting a snap judgment diverts people away from picking the stuff Netflix wants to drive viewers to, to 
other things that aren't produced by Netflix. Khalil Mack just had an interception return for a touchdown. That's fucking wild. Good dude. lord, dude. The Raiders were so stupid. So stupid. stupid He's what so he said a strip sack, uh pick six. And like the first the first drive he was in, he was a huge factor. So yeah, that's one of those things. I I it's it's long been said that everybody judges trades until like they get on the field. But you know, draft picks are so they're like a lottery ticket or like a lotto ball or something. So like, why not t- trade two first rounders for this? I think anybody, the, the, the would, chances, anybody would fucking take that. The, the chances that Oakland with those two first rounders and whatever, no. I think a fifth and a seventh, the chances that they get even a player that's like half as good as Mac is at his position proportionate to whatever position they draft is like astronomically low. It is such a stupid fucking short-sighted trade. And I think John Gruden really wants to be fired. <laughs> just like yeah, fuck, why did I do this? Because he has a hundred million dollar contract, and like I, I think it's sixty million of it is guaranteed. Like he could just get fired tomorrow and just walk off with the bag and never work again. Yeah, dude, the Packer fans, the Packer fans are all just looking so depressed. Yeah, that's a really tough I one. To I don't, I don't blame bad. them. I mean, this Sean Kaiser man, they're not used to the Bears coming into their house and just beating them up like this. And hey, yeah, I know Rogers is out, but. uh he didn't put any points up on the board when he was in the game. I hope he's okay, though. I, I hate to see anybody get injured. Yeah, we'll do an episode where we just talk about our fantasy teams just for an oh, hour and a half. Mine's bad. <laughs> mine, mine played very poorly today. Um. All right, that's that. I'll also rest in peace for Reynolds, right? No, oh, that was rough. I, I, I wouldn't like the other day. Also, Mac like the, Miller. That was super he, fucking sad. That, that one was, you know, like I got to say, like, I think like substance abuse is not something I totally understood until maybe like two or three years ago. Um, and I guess the last two or three years, like, you know, one, I've kind of been more attuned to like how big of an issue it is, but also have like gained more sympathy towards, you know, people who are going through addiction and like the hell it brings and, you know, how, how that like intertwines with other people's lives and, you know, part of that, like what made that so sad is, you know, not only is it a, you know, 26 year old passing away, which even if he wasn't famous would be a super, super awful story to begin with. But like every, every rapper entertainer had a picture of him with them. Like I think big boy posted a picture of them today and you know, there's a whole bunch of them. Like he obviously had a huge effect on people's lives. Um, I, I didn't listen much to his music, but you know, anytime that happens, it's super sad. And, and a guy like Burt Reynolds too, that was again, like, it's weird because Mac Miller was after my time. You know, a lot of people are saying like, Oh, I listened to his music in high school, but uh, you know, he, he obviously, I mean, that was in the last, you know, eight years or so, but Burt Reynolds was before my time. So like smoking the bandit and things like that, I, I never really watched just, you know, because it wasn't really on or around or like, know popular when i like would have impacted me but he did have like a gigantic impact on pop culture um you know not only from what he did but if you think about things that were trending like turd ferguson and norm mcdonald and his portrayal of burt reynolds on snl um and you go into some of the clips that were posted of him just making mark summers look like a complete jackass on was it carson or one of the talk shows uh I mean, obviously very hilarious guys. So, you know, both sad, but you know, anytime, anytime somebody passes away young is, is just a a tragedy. And I I do like, I mean, I hate to get heavy, but you know, I I did get back on Twitter to kind of see some of the responses. And I I think people are becoming a lot more empathetic towards, um, you know, that, that specific issue, which I think is great because it, it is, 
it is a huge, huge problem. Yeah, well said. Well said. Yeah, rest in peace to both. That was back-to-back days of very well-known people that loved by many, unfortunate. Uh, was, uh, what, was, what was the biggest death that impacted you guys, like in terms of like celebrity or anything? Uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was pretty fucking depressing in terms of being a movie fan. But I, I, Greg Giraldo was the one that bummed me out the most. Greg Giraldo was like hands down my favorite comedian. Listen to his album so many times. I mean, I, we've ta- I've talked about it before. I have a blog. If you want to watch all of his uh, roasts, I did it on the Barstool Sports website to search Greg Giraldo. I mean, he's, I think, the best roaster of all time. And I laugh at everything he's ever done. And so that, that, that one sucked. That, that one hit hard. He was, That was a massive hit in the comedy community, too, because he was loved by everybody because he was so fucking smart. I mean, he was a lawyer. Graduated from Harvard and then just like, ah, fuck this and became a comedian. That was, that was a bummer. I, I think mine was Alan Rickman because I'm a dumb baby boy and loved Harry Potter. Nothing as, uh, oh, that one as sucks. profound as your reasoning. Yeah, yeah, that one, no, that one sucks too. He's such, he's such a good actor. I think, I think mine, I mean, probably, you know, a factor into that. Like, I, I loved the Beatles growing up. You know, my mom always listened to them and I listened to them and I was, I was really big into them in high school. And when George Harrison passed away in 2001, um, because he was always my favorite Beatle, and and that that was that was really sad. And then, um, you know, David Bowie, obviously, just because I assumed David Bowie would never die. Like that one was just fucking shocking, because I I remember being on Twitter when like an unverified account posted that, and people were spiraling about. It was a Sunday night, I think it was in January two thousand sixteen, something like that. And um, I was up to like three or four in the morning, just like trying to follow it. I couldn't process it, um, but you know I, I like to you know anyone that's i i do want to say like you know anyone that is you know struggling with addiction or anything like that and i'll say anything like that because i'm making it like kind of mitigating it i'm not mitigating it um you know there are people there for you and you know there's you know get the resources if you have them and you know i just kind of wanted to throw that out there that you know i'm thinking of you too because I, I you know statistically there probably are people who listen to this podcast who, who are dealing with that right now yeah no agreed thanks trill uh uh mint mobile You're one of our two sponsors great segue uh mint mobile one of our two sponsors for this episode uh, mint mobile it is probably the best way to lower the cost of your cell phone bill, especially with your kids. You know, I, I know some some parents show your daughter a little too young to have a cell phone. Uh, but mm, I don't been... know. She she has one. Generally uses okay. it. It's, it's just okay. in her car seat with her stuff. And I just I'm just trying to get her used to the um, the signals coursing through her body really early, so she develops a resistance to them. Well, well I know you know this because they're our sponsor, but Mint Mobile is a game changing company. It can help you save a thousand dollars a year on your phone bill. 15 bucks a month. Uh, you can use your own phone, two, five, 10 gigabyte LTE download plans, uh, unlimited talk, limited text. And they've got you covered. Mint Mobile has a seven day money back guaranteed to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks or the wireless plan of your, your child, family member, plus free shipping on your Mint Mobile SIM card. Go to mintmobile.com slash lights. That's mintmobile.com slash lights. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month. And get free shipping on your mid mobile SIM card at midmobile.com slash lights. So uh, my daughter is like four months old and going back to the joke about her using a cell phone. <laughs> she's, she's just transfixed by a television and screens. It's wild. Like already just 
like television's going off. She's just staring at it. it. It's scary. Anyway, I have no larger point to make like about society, like people who do street art that have like them, you know, with like Facebook and Twitter logos coursing through their veins is some like gigantic societal point. But I mean, before I was like, oh, dude, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to like try to like, I'm going to let her like watch a little bit of TV. But now I see what like a great educational tool can be. I'm completely on board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's so much that you can do with screens, man. That's like one of the worst things about millennial like hate is just all the useful things old people hate on because they didn't have it when they were younger and the age Dude, of millennials fucking worst. I have to say this though, like people who are like 40 to 60 are the people I see buried on their phones. Most of anybody. Oh yeah. Oh, all it's the pro- time. It's probably because it just takes them like eight times longer to type out a message. Like my mom sends a text and the phone's literally an inch and she has the huge text turns on and it's like an inch away from her face. And she's, she's holding like this. You can't see it. Listeners. I apologize. Typing out each letter individually with like her index finger. Like maybe if you were a millennial, you'd be able to, to use both of your thumbs to text mom. Yeah. And they have the big font too. Do your family, older family members have the big text? Like they Oh hell the yeah. Font size? Where they look at their messages and they can only see messages from two and a half people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they yep. can see the first four words of the message. Yeah. Uh, first message is like Bible study moved to five forty-five. All right, so new segment. Good on time right now. New segment. We're gonna be doing audience rankings. We'll do this probably like every other week because I feel like there's lots of options here. Uh, we're not gonna be ranking things like it's going to be the at max five, five rankings. We're not going to spend a ton of time on each one, but we want to rank things that are a little different and that we probably wouldn't normally get to. Like we're not going to rank, we wouldn't rank top 10 movies that would scare you as a kid. Like you can do that. Like you can elaborate on that. You can have a lot of fun with that. These are going to be smaller things, things that aren't necessarily movie related. We do have one movie related one. But we want them to be stuff that you come up with. So we're going to be calling out for these on Reddit, on Twitter. We did it on Reddit yesterday. We got four of them. Top five. You already voted. We put a voting link out today. If you missed out, I apologize. Uh, we're going to have best Happy Madison Universe character, best Lunchable, best Convenience Store, and best Boy Bands. What should we start it out with? I don't want to start out with best Lunchable yet. What should we start it out with? Should we do Happy Madison or Boy Bands? Uh, let's do Happy Madison. Let's, All right. Let's go back to that. Let's go back to that well. Okay. So <laughs> let's... Uh, <laughs> Well, okay, we'll do what we normally do. We'll do five, four, three, two, one. And we don't have to spend as much time as and if we if we miss out, we gotta move some to another week, we will. Best happy Madison universe actor. Best actor. Ken Jack, you started off first. Who's your number five pick? Uh my number five is Kevin James. I, I enjoyed growing ups in a like whatever BSDM sense, so just a torturing me. And I think James Kevin James is not a bad actor. He's just been in a lot of bad movies in which he acted bad. And yeah, I, I think he's good in King of Queens. Great show. If you say you didn't like King of Queens, you're just a liar. So I enjoy Kevin James. Yeah, I, I like Kevin James too. I can't hate on that. My number five is Rob Schneider. Uh, I I don't like love Rob Schneider, but I like I respect him enough where I I think he would be. It, it, it's a bad omission to not put him on a top five list. Uh, so I I have to. Uh, I have to put him as my number five. I'm best Happy Madison Universe actors. Trill Bonds, who's your number five? Uh, Rob Schneider. He's not great by any means. 
but he's he's a he's a volume shooter in these movies and sometimes he's funny he is a volume shooter exactly (laughs) remember that funny gag if if you're trying to do something serious you like it if somebody looks at you and says you can do it does that make you think you're probably not going to do it does that just like kind of ruin your confidence a little bit makes me not want to do it (laughs) uh audience also pick rob schneider at number five it's a shame because because the 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 do it do it from the starsky and hutch remake was funnier than you can do it but it never quite took off ken jack we'll go back to you number four uh, my number four is Steve Buscemi. I just I love him. He he was in what I guess just Big Daddy and um, uh, Mr. Deeds, right? I think. Yeah, he's was was great in Mr. Deeds. I loved him, Mr. He, Deeds. He what do you ask Billy for, like, Madison? Oreos. What's up? He was in Billy Madison, where you had the kill list. And yeah, you put on the yeah. lipstick. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, when he was in Mr. Deeds, and like he gets the uh, whatever it was, like Oreos and French fries sandwich or whatever, it cracks me up. And uh, I enjoy him. And I also think he's just all around a phenomenal actor. For those of you who haven't seen Broad- Boardwalk Empire, binge that a few weeks ago in within like five days. It's so good. So Steve Buscemi, you're number four. I didn't put my list and now I regret it. I think I, th- I think you beat me on that one. Uh, my number four is David Spade. Maybe a bad pick because I don't like most of David Spade's. I mean, David Spade and Jack and Jill is one of the worst fucking things in the world. He's a woman in the movie. He just cross-dresses. It's very fucking weird. It's not funny. Uh, but I had to put David Spade in there. Tossed him in for grownups. Trebollins, what's your number four best Happy Madison universe actor? Uh, I also thought David Spade, but I, I like David Spade a lot. I think I think he's a funny, funny guy. I like him from SNL. I, I like David Spade. I'm sorry. If that's right, a guilty well, pleasure, it's a guilty pleasure. But What do you um, think he's done that's like halfway decent since like 2004? I don't think he's, I don't think he's done much. He was good in Just Shoot Me. But that that ended before two thousand four. I think his last good project was The Emperor's New Groove, probably, and that's the last thing I think I've enjoyed him in. Wow! Yeah, but he, but that, but I, I go back. back. He has a full body of work in the nineties that the Tommy Boy and um, Black Sheep. He was in Tommy Boy, right? He drove around with him. Yeah, and Black Sheep was basically the same movie. <laughs> it was literally just the same fucking movie. Um, and I like that, but in the Happy Madison cinematic universe, I thought I thought Joe Dirt was pretty strong. Um, Joe Dirt too, maybe not so much. I mean, the Grown Ups movies are abysmal, so you can't give him points there. But he's been he's been good, you know. Joe like, Dirt. look, we're we're ranking the Happy Madison cinematic universe. It's not like <laughs> it's not like we're mixing them in with like the, the you know the um, fucking Daniel Day Lewis cinematic universe here. Uh, Ken Jack can call us all fucking unoriginal motherfuckers because the audience also has David Spade at number four. Ken Jack, the only person here is taking a risk going out on a limb. Who's your number three? Uh, my number three is Peter Dante. Um, he just plays the perpetually high or stupid person in whatever movie he's or whatever Happy Madison movie he's in. And uh, I sympathize to that extremely uh, heavily. So going Peter Dante. Yeah, I like that pick. I didn't have him either. And I regret it again. I I, I think I went with too many of the, like, the normie picks here because I like Peter Dante. I like his fake sick line from Mr. Deeds. Oh, he's like, I, can't I thought you were sick. Work. Yeah, he's like, do that thing you did on the phone again, <laughs> DG. I can't come in. I'm too sick. <laughs> I love that. I, I reference that a lot, and many people don't understand. I love that line. I liked Mister Deeds. That was a you perfect know? impersonation, too. Actually, that was you nailed that. <laughs> not not being sarcastic. I actually think that was very good. That's what if I told people that, like, yeah, I do good impressions. I do Leno. I do uh, Peter Dante from Mister Deeds. 
really specific. Uh, my number three is Kevin James. Kind of talked to him already. I just I respect the commitment to Paul Blart. Uh, I, I like Kevin James. That's the thing. I, like I'm with you. I like him in King of Queens. He just he he turns out some stinkers for sure with Happy Madison. Uh, all right, Trill Bonds, number three. Are you going to stick with me here and go Kevin James? No, I got the man himself, Adam Sandler. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Happy Madison, Billy, or Happy Happy Matt, Happy Gilmore, and Billy Madison are enough to get on this list alone. I like Click too. Oh yeah. So yeah, I got I got yeah. I got the Sandman here. Click was pretty good. Is Click the Click's got to be the second best Bed Bath and Beyond comedy, right? Behind the other guys. Yeah. That was such a funny fucking. Oh god damn, dude! That movie was so funny. Unreal how good the other guys is. I want to rewatch that tonight. Yeah, Michael Keaton in that movie is just it's that whole subplot is one of the better comedy subs. Like that's not me just recency bias. The TLC thing is one of the better comedy subplots in Come recent on, memory. It is so funny. Don't go chasing waterfalls. You just did it again. <laughs> uh the audience also stuck with me again, Kevin James. Kevin James at number three. Ken Jack, number two. The Sandman? Um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Alan Covert. Covert or is it Covert? I don't know. I think it's covert. I think it was covert. So Alan Covert, I think, is really funny. I think Grandma's Boy is probably a top three Happy Medicine movie. It, it literally this day still cracks me up. Some of the scenes in that, like um, the, the, whatever JT, the robot guy, he the, that character like kills me every time he comes on screen. Where he was like, "Suck my balls" or whatever. Like it literally cracks me the fuck up right now. So. Uh, and it aged. I just think it aged well, and that's his uh, whatever first and only lead movie. So I like him. Yeah, no, I, I like Alan Covert. May have some things to send him later. My number two, The Sandman, Adam Sandler. Number two, I just couldn't put him number one. Too many of his are just not good. Too many of his roles. You know the the Unforgivable Six. What the fuck's that movie called? The Ridiculous Six. I mean, yeah. that movie was such trash. I just uh, bad taste in my mouth right now, thinking about. Adam Sandler. So he's at number two for me. He's still the king out of all these guys, but right now, power rankings wise, he's at number two. Okay, uh, Trebon's number two. Uh, Steve Buscemi for for reasons said. I think the the crossing Billy Madison off the list and putting on lipstick is is a very funny scene. Still, <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. What what music uh, was he listening to in the background? Oh wait, no, I was thinking of Joe Dirt. I was like, wasn't it just um, Goodbye Horses or whatever? But I think that it was just a. Uh, Joe Dirt. All right, audience. Number two. This is a surprise pick. Upset pick. Nick Swardson. Ooh. Nick Swardson. Yeah. Who has some pretty undesirable roles, and he was in Dickie Roberts. No, no, that's David Spade. He was in the – what about the guy with the small penis? What's that called? Something porn, porn star. Bucky that? Larson. Yeah, Bucky, Bucky Larson. Larson porn yeah. star. That movie stunk. Yeah. yeah, That guy fucking terrible. He, terrible. He was very – he I was like very funny. He was very funny in Grandma's Boy, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. He was very funny. Yeah, right, a little he like lives with his mom in the race car bed. Yeah, yeah, that, that is funny. Ken Jack, what's your number one? Number one overall pick. The Sandman? Uh, my number one is uh, the Cappy de Tutti Cappy, Adam Sandler himself. He's, he's This is all his universe, and this is all his world, and we're all just living in it. And all these actors and characters and everyone else we've named are, too. So he... Isn't like all the marquee projects like um, Waterboy, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. He's, those are like the top three probably for Billy, uh, the whatever Billy Happy Madison universe. So I, I you got to give him the respect where it's due. And Ridiculous Six, 
I'll say this. Adam Sandler playing a Native American man in 2017 is actually very good and not bad. So just saying is pretty funny. Uh, Adam Sandler, you know, he's getting these big budget movies, not spending a lot of money and cutting checks for his friends. Adam Sandler might be the best, best friend in the world, honestly. Like he's just employing his friends, cutting them big checks and making three or four movies a year. Uh, My number one is Alan Covert. Uh, I mean, he is great. He's great in Grandma's Boy, first of all. Fantastic. I love him in Mr. Deeds as the reporter trying to expose Deedsy. Uh, yeah, I, I think Alan Covert's great. Grandma's Boy is so underrated. Also starring Linda Cardellini, one of Trill's favorite. Yeah, that's just straight up good movie. It's one of my Big favorites, thing. too, my friend. Okay, yeah. You already, well, you already you got your licks in already. Uh, Trill, what's your number one pick here? I'm not actually sure who it would be. It's Henry Winkler. Oh, wow. From the clouds. Wow. I thought that was an omission on your guys' list. I was shocked it wasn't on Ken's Jack's, Ken Jack's list. Um, maybe that is uh, just a factor. He's not in too many of the movies. Maybe, what is it, just Waterboy is the one I'm thinking of right now? He might be in uh, more. He's in, he's in he's got, he's, Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I, I like I like Henry Winkler. I put him on the list because like of that. Also, I must add, Spider-Man just downloaded. So nice. I, got the, cool. I got that going, yeah. All right, we'll try to finish up so you can play the game. Uh, It's cool. It's cool. Okay. I don't like I don't want to play it. Not bad. Um, Audience had Adam Sandler number one. So five through one for the audience. Rob Schneider, David Spade, Kevin James, Nick Swartz, and Adam Sandler. Ken Jack, Kevin James, Steve Buscemi, Peter Dante, Alan Covert, Adam Sandler. Trill Ballins, Rob Schneider, David Spade, Adam Sandler, Steve Buscemi, Henry Winkler. I had Rob Schneider, David Spade, Kevin James, Adam Sandler, Alan Covert. Best Happy Madison Universe actors actors all right let's go with best convenience store next best convenience store just kind of uh you know change it up a little bit uh it's, it's pretty a lot of these are regional but it looks like a lot of people have been to these so uh trill Ballins, best convenience store number five all right uh, before i go on my list I, I need to say this um i have been to the east coast maybe twice in my life um for like an extended period of time so I will not have Wawa or the other one sheets on my list. So um, no just to understand that on their list. Not, I know, but they just understand that this list is going to be, it's not going to include these fancy convenience stores that make good food. Like these are pure going, grab a monster energy drink, some pop tarts convenience stores. So uh, number five on my list is twice daily. Um, this is a super regional one. The, o- the only time I've ever encountered a twice daily has been in Nashville, Tennessee. But every time I've gone to Nashville, Tennessee and gone to a twice daily, I, I like I like the brightness of a convenience store. That's what I like. I like going in in the morning, feeling energized by you know the hustling, bustling, the refilling of the coffee pots, the the donuts being delivered from the central donut f- development factory and loaded into the shelves. Twice daily always hits that mark for me. Shout out to Nashville, very cool city. Twice daily, uh, somebody, excuse me, not somebody. The audience had that at number seven, so it, it was on. It was close to top five. Uh, I'm I mean, going to go up next. No, go ahead. No, I'm interested to know where else there are twice dailies because I've I've only seen them in Nashville. Yeah, I have to look that up. Mine hmm. number five, uh, Cumberland Farms, very New England stop. Uh, they have a uh, they have, you know they have a spokesman in their commercials for for Cumbies. Do you know who it is? <laughs> Cumbies. <laughs> do, you, do you know who the spokesman for Cumberland Farms is? Shoot, is it a rope? Hey, don't go down to 7-Eleven, you cockeyed fuck. Oh, no way, really? <laughs> I swear to God. 
Imagine how fucking you hemophiliac his ropes are. <laughs> Ew. What? Oh, no. It didn't really make sense, but it made sense <laughs> when you just said it, right? Oh, man. Yeah. He, uh, Rappaport is the spokesperson for Cumberland Farms. You have to see the commercials. They're pretty... They're about what you'd expect. He, uh, or excuse me, the Cumberland Farm chain I grew up with. They got some slushies there, pretty good. Uh, it's it's reliable. That's what I'll say. It's reliable. If I like coffee, I might like it even more. But I, I just don't drink coffee, which I wish I did because I love the smell of coffee. But I just can't get the taste down. Ken Jack, number five for you. Uh, I'm seeding my five through three picks because I only have two picks on my list because I've only been, think been to two different convenience stores in my life, and the other ones I wouldn't put on my top five list. All right, would be a shame if I do that later on with one of our lists. We'll have to see. Uh, audience number five, Cumberland Farm. We'll come back to you for number two, Ken Jack. Yeah. Uh, audience number five, Cumberland Farms, Cumbies. <laughs> so the people call it Cumbies, I think. Like, I, don't, I never call it that, but I think people do. Uh, Troll Bonds, number four. Ooh, I, um, I undid my list to look at the picture of Mark Davis that Ken Jack sent. So thanks for that. Um, <laughs> my number four is Speedway. Speedway convenience stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, this it, probably one of the most prominent convenience stores in Indiana. I'd have to say. I feel like that's the one I always try to stop to whenever I go to Indiana um, or go back to Indiana. Yeah, I will tell you that I did not. I did not previously live in Indiana where I had moved from, and I did not move to Indiana. Yeah, but I miss. You, you I miss. Eat, it. I miss Indiana. A lot of people on the Reddit thought you did, and I kind of messed around with them and they were very surprised when they figured out that you were not in Indiana for this, this podcast. So it's no, funny. I mean, but I, I lived in Indiana for quite some time. I mean, that, that's where I say I'm from. I, you know, I moved around a bunch growing up, but um, I, I spent a lot of time in Indiana. So I always say I'm from there. Um, anyway, Speedway, right. the convenience stores of Speedway. There's some in New York. There's some Speedways in New oh. York. They have a, they have Friel milkshakes. Those frozen milkshakes you put in the machine spits out a milkshake those are oh yeah good. i forgot about those, those. good i've never oh, had one yeah. for, I've, for I've what they are been, i've yeah, always been interested and tempted by the devil pretty good you should give them a try i mean you did eat gas station taquitos so oh yeah no no egg rolls or egg um, rolls egg rolls, egg rolls. You sick fuck also do they have milkshakes at cumbies i'm sure they do have milkshakes at cumbies <laughs> um okay number four for me is tiger mart which i think tiger marts are all defunct now but it was the convenience store that I went to back when I was living in my old hometown of Cedar Park, Texas. Because Tiger Marts were paired with Exxons. Uh, mm. And Tiger Marts had Icy's, which I prefer an Icy over a Slurpee. I think Icy's are better consistency and they last longer than Slurpees. A Coke Icy is one of my favorite things. I disagree Tiger with that. I disagree. Well, I like Icy's. But uh, um, they have Tiger Marts in Nashville, Tennessee as well, by the way. Okay, so they're, they're still there. So yeah. back in Cedar Park... There is a 7-Eleven on one side of my street off Lakeline Boulevard, and the other side was Tiger Mart. And the Tiger Mart got bought out by 7-Eleven, and so there's a 7-Eleven across the street from a 7-Eleven, just directly across the street from each other. Um, have you ever been to any of the, the Mandela's Italian restaurants in the Austin area? No, it doesn't ring a bell. There's, there's one in Cedar Park. Um, it's uh, They're cool. They're like fast, casual Italian food restaurants. Go and place your order, and then you walk, and then they give you pasta. It's 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 really good. You people make me sick. Well, there is there is a there is a pizza place in Austin that is actually good, and I refused to go there for the longest time. And friend was like, "Fuck off, you're you're going Buffalina. It's actually very good 
a Neapolitan pizza. So I will say that. Otherwise, Italian, I don't get Italian food in Austin. Um, whenever, uh, whenever I stop in Austin um, or travel there, I go to Fuddruckers because it's one of the few cities. <laughs> like the, Texas is one of the few states where its, its cities have a concentration of Fuddruckers around. And Fuddruckers has gone downhill big time, but I still, you know, I, I don't know if it, as a kid I remember the topping bar just being expansive, but they're pathetic now. They're tiny. There's there's small little topping bars. It's just not as majestic feeling, but I, I still like it. Still got that Fuddruckers taste. I just sent an aside to Jeff, a uh, little Browns fact that I saw on the timeline as an aside. Best start since 04? Yeah, 001 is the best start since 04. That's not wrong. <laughs> That's not, I, there's some of the best Brown sweets today where people saying, oh, your team lost today? Fucking to don't at me, peasants. Yeah. So, you know, we can have a little fun with it. Like, I'm I'm cool with that. Uh, Mark, all right. Mark Davis is one of the people that I feel bad making fun of because it does look like there's a medical issue causing, <laughs> causing Dude, something there. I have a tweet going viral with him looking really weird. Can you not like shit all over that before it even like leaves the gates? <laughs> yeah, geez. No, but you know, he's, he's super, he's super wealthy, so it'll be okay. Yeah. But he eats a P of Chang's every day. See, I uh, think that fucking rules drives around in his Astro P. van P. and eats yeah. a P of Chang's as his personal office. I had Fuddruckers the third day I lived in Austin in 2004, and I've never had it since. Ever. Not, not, I'm not a big Fuddruckers guy. I'm the, you, you, whenever I go back to Texas, like I travel to Texas pretty often. I always make sure to stop into Fuddruckers. It's, it's, it's kind of <laughs> pathetic, actually. <laughs> what, what's up, <laughs> Mr. Bollins? I, I go in, yeah, I go in, and I'm like, oh, see, this old place hasn't changed much. <laughs> what do they call uh, Fuddruckers in Idiocracy Trail? Buttfuckers. I thought you were going to hesitate on that. <laughs> no, because that's that's something that actually happened in a movie versus like a fake quote I'm supposed to say. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's a quote, it's okay. Uh, my number, actually, I already did number four. Number four for the audience, quick trip. Quick trip. Uh, Ken Jack, you don't have one at number three. Trill Bonds, what's your number three? Also quick trip, except at number three. I like quick trip. They uh they have really good coffee. I think they they probably have out of all these convenience stores, they probably have the uh, the top two coffees. Okay, again, I can't relate because I don't drink coffee, but I'm sure it smells good. I will like coffee one day. I don't know when that'll be, but but I will. Uh, my number three is Seven Eleven, and I know I said I like Target more Slurpees better, but I like the products at Seven Eleven better. Uh, I I like what Seven Eleven has to offer. Just such a fucking staple. We have one by the office. It's very it, clutch. It, it's got a very specific smell, like a casino. Oh, not yeah. like not exactly like a casino, but casinos always have like these designer scents. They the designer scents they spent like six million dollars on creating specifically for the casino. Seven Eleven has its own scent. Nobody spent anything. It's just the culmination of all the specific products in the Seven Eleven created. That I wouldn't mind if my lists. house smelled like a Seven <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> That'll be one of our mini lists one day. We'll do best restaurant smells. Or most distinct. Subway's most distinct. Subway. Subway would be number one. Subway smells. Yeah. Uh, there, there are certain places, though, it's like they all smell the same. And it's just like, I don't know if it's a scent or just a combination of the same products. Like all Macy's smell the same. And they don't smell like Dillard's. Like they smell like a Macy's. Maybe they pump something in the air. Maybe. Or maybe it's just a it's- specific combination of, of the exact same products that create this smell. It's taken 80 episodes, but our first Dillard's reference has popped up, and I love it. That, that, that just brought a lot of joy to my heart. I don't know why. Dillard's, I don't know Dillard's, is, Dillard's is way better than Macy's, by the way. 
you gotta say that. Store? Yeah, in terms of like the the mid tier. No, I store. just mean I don't know what it is. It's a department yeah, it's a store department store. Like the mid mid tiers are probably. I mean, there's been so much consolidation, but at Macy's, Dillard's, Belk. If you're in the south, um, yeah. And shit, I mean, I can't really think of anything else because Macy's basically bought everyone. Yeah, Neiman Nordstrom probably top. Remember Lord and Taylor? Well, yeah, but Neiman Marcus and Nordstrom are like high tier. I'm just talking like mid tier. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I mean like oh, top. That's what you're talking talking about. Okay, gotcha. Lord and Taylor was an old one too. Uh, Have you ever been into a Barney's? Barney's New York. Yes. yes. Those stores fucking. By the way, great. Can't afford anything. Macy's. There, right? The Macy's in New York is one of the worst fucking places to shop in the world. Miserable. Absolutely. And it, I I swear the building spins and turns because you never know how to get out. You, it's just fucking so confusing. And the map is the least helpful map in the world. Like you go to small malls and they have these elaborate touchscreen maps. Macy's in New York. It's a fucking list, and that's it. Doesn't tell you which way to go. Just like eh, it's on this floor. Like just go find it in the biggest department store in the world. You know what I, they say when you go into a small wall in uh, the Houston area in Texas? It's it's small wall, baby. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't think either. You get it. I, I'm just caught up it's on a, talking it's a about Paul Wall reference. Sorry. I mean, no. I mean, uh, like I got the Paul Wall thing, but I just, <laughs> you would have said it's Small Wall, the People's Champ. I would have immediately gotten that. All right. Well, um, the whole line he says it's Paul Wall. He doesn't say it's Paul Wall, the People's Champ, on every single track. It, have you ever bought shoes from Macy's? Because they have the most yeah. depressing shoe selection oh, ever. Dude, Costco has better shoe selection than Macy's. Like I just I don't like because I, I could buy clothes from Macy's like they have a, a polo section and some other stuff that's all right but to go into the shoes it's like uh, even the sneakers there's like no sneaker in here I'd want to buy what in a Macy's like you yeah you don't you don't like dirty Asics no, but I'm just saying they could they could get some cool looking Nikes I mean well think about how expensive it is to try and retail Nikes in a mall where there probably is like a Foot Locker or something that has way better returns on that I don't know I look I'm not a we retail gotta do, we got to do best generic brands one day. Kirkland number one, hands down. Oh, it, by the widest margin, a runaway, absolute runaway. Yeah, Kirkland that's also easily the best. That's also the best generic brand that your dad likes to tell you they make the stuff in the same factory as like yeah. Smart Wolf socks or something <laughs> like that. Like you get a big Kirkland vodka, and your dad's like, you know, that's just Grey Goose vodka. They just rebottle it. I'm like, I don't believe you, but I think it's probably <laughs> just as good, dude. I had Kirkland vodka for the first time, uh, like a few months ago or something. It's pretty good. I mean, I was gonna shit on it. I came in like a two liter thing. It tasted pretty good. Their most viral craze was their golf balls because they were basically Titleist Pro V ones, and they were, were they were impossible to get because they were very cheap, but they were Premier golf balls. Uh, number three for the audience, best convenience stores, Bucky's. That's a Texas store. Uh, Probably going to talk about Bucky's later. Ken Jack, you're back. Number two. Well, the only two you have. Yeah, so I don't think there's a ton of convenience stores on Long Island because it's a pretty small area. Like, if you go on a road trip, man, it's the only time you see one that isn't just a 7-Eleven. Uh, I'm going with Wawa, number two. And it's just because they do have a decent enough selection that I can't shit on them. I know I did make fun of them for having giving me a really bad sandwich that one time. And that was a very, very – wait, no, that was uh, Publix, actually. But the first time I got Wawa, I think I got a chicken um, or chicken parm or something, and it was terrible. It was so so yeah. bad. And, I had a really bad experience recently. Yeah, but I think on a whole, their their food is generally pretty good, and for that, I give them my number two spot. Yeah, they have good pretzels, dip in cheese, mac and cheese. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a Wawa guy. I mean, I'll just say Wawa is my number two as well. So 
won't elaborate much more. Wawa's got good stuff. Their roasted chicken is fucking delicious. Uh, Trill Ballins, number two. I got Thornton's as my number two. Anybody like some mm. Thornton's? Don't know what it is. No Thornton's. Not on my list, but I know Thornton's. Yeah, you know, Thornton's is... Uh, I can make an argument for flipping this with Quick Trip because they're both very similar. But they have good coffee as well. All right. A lot of coffee base here, which I respect. Uh, number two for the audience, 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven in at number two. Ken Jack, number can, one. It's got to be 7-Eleven, right? Can I say to Troll, I don't think I've had hot coffee in like four years. And I don't think if I were to get it, it would be from a convenience store. But that said, my dad is a very heavy convenience store coffee guy, and he swears by Quick Trip. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. I mean, dad's yeah, also that's probably like... Dad's also love to say, like, why do you pay four bucks for a Starbucks cup of coffee? And I'm like, I have never paid four bucks at Starbucks for a regular ass cup of coffee, Dad. <laughs> it's like it's like I a pay, buck eighty five there. I pay a solid four dollars for iced coffee at Starbucks usually, but I'm a sucker for iced. Uh, my number one is seven eleven and it's seven eleven is not good. One hundred and two retweets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, my number one is 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven is not good. They don't have good food. They don't have good like anything. But the one thing they do have is good selection. Like If you need anything, you could go to a 7-Eleven and you'll probably find it. If you need like condoms, you can go there. If you need like birth control, you can find there. I'm in two very specific uh, sets right now, I'm realizing. But if you need medical supplies, if you need food, if you need snacks, if you need a frozen pizza, Red Bull, a chapstick, gum, like they cigarettes, like they have everything. They have everything you could possibly want. And like you said, Jeff, the one near us, the Barstool office, is it's very comes in clutch every time. It's amazing, and I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's fast. Good selection of snacks there. So Seven Eleven, number one for Ken Jack. Uh, Trollballin's number one convenience store. Uh, for me, it's a Seven Eleven as well. Seven Eleven. The only time I've had really available access to a Seven Eleven was when I was living in Texas, so like eight years ago. Um, but when I travel, there's 7-Elevens and it's always a real treat to go into a 7-Eleven because I just growing up, that's the convenience store I always went into and they always had an arcade machine with Ninja Turtles in there, which is crazy. But I love, I love Slurpees. I get a Slurpee. I think they're better than Icy's. The Coke Slurpee's great. Um, but it comes back to the smell, the smell of the 7-Eleven. It's like the fucking Ratatouille moment where the the critic eats the Ratatouille. That's like what it's like when I go into a 7-Eleven, just like hits my my brain my idiot brain and i just start having flashbacks to being five years old playing this goddamn ninja turtle game in plano texas wow 7-eleven but the ninja turtle game that threw me off i didn't know that even existed i i also need to do a shout out to these two i think they're the same store actually jeff you'll like this because they're they're owned by your uh your favorite owner of your your football team um it's it's pilot and love yeah flying J. I think it's the same whatever but i don't call these convenience stores they are convenient but the only time i feel like i encounter them is when i'm on a road trip or driving because they're always off of big uh highways and rest stops and they're specifically designed for truckers because they have showers big truck areas refueling areas areas where truckers can sleep but they always keep them super clean the bathrooms are super easy to get out in and out of really wide space for the bathrooms too so you don't bump into anyone in the bathrooms um yeah i like it they're not on my list because they're not convenient. They're not they're not by a residential area. Yep. That's good though. That's a good list, Troy. I like yours. It's a little unconventional picks. Threw us for a loop. My final one, number one, Bucky's. 
Bucky's is unreal. There weren't any in Austin when I lived there, which is unfortunate. But man, the selection of Bucky's, I mean, Bucky's is fucking huge. It's like all these convenience stores put into one. I mean, they have everything dried fruit, cotton candy, homemade potato chips. They have tons of jerky. If you like jerky, Bucky's is the place for you. Desserts, fudge, barbecue. Uh, the list goes on and on. They also have these, they call them beaver nuggets. <laughs> That's funny to say, but uh, they're. Uh, they're they're very good. I mean, all the snacks there. It's basically like like a uh, it's like a cereal, like a, like a puffier cereal, but like caramel, different flavors. It's it's great. Yeah, Bucky's is it's a fantastic rest stop. I wish there were more, especially in Austin, because uh, there it's just it, it's a must go to. Uh, so my list: Cumberland Farms, number five, Cumbies, uh, Tiger Mart, Seven Eleven. Wawa, Bucky's, Trollballins, Twice Daily, Speedway, Quick, Quick Trip, Thornton, 7-Eleven, Ken Jack. Uh, he only ranked two. Wawa and 7-Eleven, two and one. Audience, Cumberland Farms, Quick Trip, Bucky's, 7-Eleven, and number one, Wawa. All right, last one. We're going to be doing Best Lunchables. Best Lunchables. Trill, you're a little older than us. Are you a Lunchables guy? Did you ever have Lunchables, really? Yeah, I had Lunchables, but I see I I didn't have enough Lunchables by the time you guys got to them, and they had a whole bunch of Lunchables back back when Lunchables were popping off for me. You really it was really just like the turkey or ham selections with the crackers and cheese. So I, I really won't be able to participate. Um, I will say pizza Lunchables got super popular when I was like in sixth grade, um, but I I didn't like the pizza Lunchables. I I feel like all Lunchables are bad. So. So where, I'll, com- where I'll, I'll, I'll comment. I'll comment, but I don't think I. I don't think I can rank because I don't. I didn't have a variety of lunchables. Like all I have on my okay. list was like ham lunchable, which, I mean, there's got to be better lunchables than ham. Like the lunch, the craft people, or whoever makes it, had to get in that R and D kitchen. The 20 years since I've had lunchables to do something better, right? So number one and only one would be ham crackers, right? The ham cracker stackers. Pretty pretty much. I, I can't remember eating any other Lunchable. I mean, maybe the pizza, but I, I wouldn't put the pizza on the list there that bad. Okay, that's fair. There's only five that we ranked. Or excuse me, there are six we had to pick from. The hot dogs were on there. That's fucking disgusting. Hot dog Lunchable. Ken, did you ever have the hot dog Lunchables? No, absolutely not. I mean, it sounds awful. It's, it's just, it, it's disgusting. Like, I don't know. Who would actually buy the hot dog lunchable? And it's still for sale. Like, like they're still selling these things. They're just mini hot dogs. Uh, they might be mini, but they're big on flavor. Your kids will love these mini hot dogs with mini hot dog buns, ketchup, and mustard. Also includes Capri Sun and a Hershey's chocolate bar. But it's it's a cold Ew. bun and a cold hot dog. A chocolate with a cold hot dog. Nothing says. <laughs> Fucking give me a piece of Hershey's chocolate, like a cold hot dog. Gross. Now, having a Lunchable back in the day was pretty cool. Would you agree? Like, yeah. When you had a Lunchable, like, you were a badass. But if you bring the hot dog one, you probably get made fun of, right? Uh, I think at least in my upbringing, Lunchables was like the rich kid snack, more or less. Like, I didn't ever have Lunchables. I never had them. I would always have a nice packed lunch with something bullshit like bologna and cheese. And then all the cool rich kids... For in Long Island, you're usually rich if you live uh, south of Main Street, and everyone south of Main Street always had Lunchables, and that's how you knew where they lived. Basically, it was like our weird little geopolitical or 
geolocator. And I was always jealous of them and would try to trade with them. I'd be like, hey, I'll give you like my terrible chocolate milk and bologna and cheese for your like ham and Swiss munchables. And they'd always say no. And I understand why. But it just it was very much a status thing in my middle and high school. Let's um let's just do the rankings quick and then I want to name off a couple of the more ridiculous ones. I'd rather comment on that. So I'm going to read the I'm going to read my list. I didn't rank 5 through 3. I think they're almost all disgusting. I think the cracker stackers, the the sliminess of the the meat is one of the grossest fucking foods you can possibly get from a like a store. That isn't yeah. like like chicken liver, you know, like or like really nasty food. The, the sliminess of that turkey, it, it glistens. It, it looks yeah, like it's true. iced over. So I didn't have them at all. Number two for me, pizza. Number one, nachos. I fucking love the Lunchable nachos. I love that cold cheese, the little crackers. I'm a big nachos fan. Kenjack, what's your list? Uh, pepperoni and mozzarella, number five. I only had that once, I think, but it was pretty good. Um, pe- pizza and pepperoni, number four. I didn't like the the pizza, whatever they made the pizza out of. It tasted like, like a church cracker, and I didn't like that taste at all. Uh, yeah, nachos, yeah, nachos and salsa, number three. I agree with you. It was amazing. And then number two, number one, turkey and cheddar and ham and cheddar, just the classics. Can't, you can't really fuck ah. those up. So, so you're okay with, with like the sliminess? Yeah, I mean, it's a Lunchable at the end of the day. You can't, well, it's, you take what you get. The only, I mean, the, mo- the like, Lunchables, I liked Lunchables, but you know, what I realized I liked about Lunchables was the actual process of making it, right? Um, yeah, I think that was the coolest part because, like, as a kid, like kids like to do stuff, but kids also can't like do stuff that's too complex. So, like, it was cool to get the cracker out and make the disgusting little cracker sandwich. But in terms of taste, like, I can't tell you if I would have wanted any of these Lunchables over just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's basically like an MRE, more or less, except they marketed it well and kids <laughs> loved it. Just a, a kid's MRE with a Capri Sun and some some chocolate. What was the best chocolate to get though? Like the crunch bar came with the the nachos, and I would have rather the Reese's cup. That was always disappointing. The Reese's cup that was the loot. I would always go Reese's cup too. Um, that just reminds me though of the banquet uh, frozen dinners that would have that muffin or that brownie that just seared into the plastic and tasted <laughs> like fucking dog shit. Oh, uh, yeah. The audience list is chicken dunkers at number five. The turkey cracker stackers, number four. Nachos, number three. Ham cracker stackers, number two. Pizza at number one. Uh, the chicken dunkers, disgusting. The, the the cold chicken, I just, I, I can't roll with that. Also, I'm sending it to the group. One of the worst parts about the chicken is you get the chicken, you get, I believe, ketchup. I think it comes with ketchup. I don't think it comes with like a, like a, a chicken dipping sauce. And a box of nerds. What a disgusting Ugh, combination a, that is. That's just nerds, chicken nuggets, and Capri Sun. Ugh. Hard pass. Here's the, Ugh. I, I always thought it was unfair that people come through with their Lunchables and they're considered cool, but I roll through with my um, Dragon Ball Z bento box and people thought I was an anime nerd. <laughs> well, a question for Trill. Have you ever tried a nerd's rope? I have, actually. Oh, I was going to ask if you cool. wanted some. Uh, yeah, quite good. Those nerds ropes. Oh uh, yeah, the the the, the, the chicken. <laughs> <dunk punch. laughs> 
<laughs> the chicken Doug's Lunchable, that's just the, the, the cold meat there. Pass. Here's another one I'm sending to the group. I'll explain it. This is actually kind of cool. Pizza and treatsa. So it's you get the two pizzas like crackers, but then one of them you get a chocolate sauce and you put little M&Ms on them. I like that. That would have been cool as a kid in school. That You kind of stunt on your friends with that one because, yeah, you have the normal pizza, but now you have like a larger dessert instead of that little, you know, wimpy candy bar. Kind of into chicken, that. I never had the, the treats. Ch- of the chicken dunks didn't actually have a side item. They're just chicken dunks and a Capri Sun Nerds. With some ketchup. Ew. That, that's maybe throw terrible. some cheese throw some cheese in there or something they actually have a, a a new product taste of the world lunchables i saw in store the other day uh and it was a italian version italian feast lunchable <laughs> and just like, mom, just like just like grandma used to make uh it comes uh <laughs> fresh with some fresh pubes uh, right in the seamed in the lunchable for you <laughs> they got some brand consultant at Lunchables, and it's like, it's actually pronounced mozzarella. Oh, God. <laughs> Papa John Schaefer is their consultant. Schneider. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can you imagine just like a Sopranos version of Lunchable that's just Gabagool? <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of Gabagool. Oh, yeah, a little cup of cola in here and uh, meatballs, you know, the old mama's recipe. That's my uh, Gandolfini impersonation. Oh, this what, what happened? happened? Old, old Aaron Rodgers just threw through a, a teddy. Ooh. Oh. Uh, so they, they have they have two. They have an Italian one. I'll get to that in a second. They have a Mexican one, which I just sent. It's chicken, a small tortilla, and cheese, which and and churro cookies. That's interesting. Uh, that sounds good, actually. Yeah, like I I can go with that. the The Italian one though is. I mean, like, this has to be offensive to Olive Garden, like, let alone just Italian people. Like, this is offensive to something as bad as Olive Garden. And this Jeff, one. You might, uh, you might remember this uh, commercial for Lunchables, but, like, the second I play this, like, you'll remember it, like, immediately, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, baby. Does my, does, my, does my ham and cheese make you randy, baby? My slimy ham make you randy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so you want a Capri Sun? Also, I couldn't believe when I was a kid how many kids couldn't put the goddamn straw through the proper eyelet in the Capri Sun and just puncture the bottom of it. Couldn't have been that hard. It's not that hard. Uh, <laughs> the The second one is the Italian one, and it's just the chicken dunkers with pizza sauce and cheese, and they call it Italian-style chicken. <laughs> Just, just fucking ketchup on cheese. <laughs> it's so gross, oh, dude. I, and it comes I, with like I, little M Ms. Being a fucking brand manager for Lunchables has to be awesome. It's like, what? What do we have to work with? And no, no, they just fucking send us some olive loaf. <laughs> it's basically like being a fucking Krasenstein brother, except you're promoting a food brand, which sounds awesome as hell. And like, look how they—they they just repackage things. Like they have another thing called kebab kebabulator, and all it is is just. They combine the dunkers and the pizza, and they just threw the fucking chicken on top of the pizza. Like they're just repackaging their stuff, and they're pissing parents off because now the kids want the new kebab later. It's funny, Kenjack, because like being a brand manager and being in tune with the brand statement is like a lot like being a resistance grifter. Like anyone who's like super into marketing is like, our mission statement is to revitalize the way children eat lunch, and we won't sleep until the paradigm of lunch has been shattered. No. The, there's a Pizza Hut commercial that's been on during the games, and it's like, 
we're all about, uh, you know, breaking down the lines and football and everything. And it's like families getting together and like, like troops reuniting with their kids. And it's like pizza hut. It's like, what the yeah. fuck are you trying to sell pizza for with this messaging? Yeah. Just bring back the fucking pizzone. Okay. <laughs> they need a mascot pizza hut. All I have, they the, just make uh, their slogan. Like, we Hey, we're not racist. Can we trade them? Really? <laughs> we could do it could do it uh two more just want to see if you guys have ever seen these these are fucking ridiculous how about the mess with your mouth lunchables this one comes with cracker stacker cheese the uh turkey and then a thing that's a sour tongue teasing fizz and you just what? dump this fucking sour fizz on top of your your ham and cheese crackers why would you do that i mean they're just they were just repackaging they're- things and just ripping people off i love it the the dessert in Lunchables in five years, they're going to be like Flintstone vitamin versions of Nicorette <laughs> lozenges because kids are all addicted to jewels. The, uh, the, the worst one, though, and we'll wrap this up. The worst one is this one. Lunchables Kebabbles. What it is, look it up. It is pretzel sticks. It's called pizza kebabs, basically. It's pretzel sticks, and you shove them through pieces of cheddar cheese and pepperoni. It's one of the saddest saddest things I've ever seen. I just want to work there for one day and be like, okay, guys, bear with me. Lunchable sous vide. All right? (laughs) (laughs) We got a fucking sterno pad and a bag and a tank of water. Just give them some raw chicken. Like, like, what a great job by their marketing department. Because you know, kids are like, "Oh my god, pizza kebabs!" I mean, it is a small pretzel stick stuck through two pieces of cheddar cheese and a slice of pepperoni. It, it, I mean, it's smart because, like, that's the entire sell for Lunchables. Is is kids love to feel like they are like they have some locus of control in their lives, and being able to like clumsily build your own crap lunch like hits that right on the mark. It doesn't matter if the food is good. <laughs> Just being able to take yeah. those tiny little dumb kid hands and assemble a little pizza. Try uh, the new Lunchables uh, Baked Alaska Flambe. It's just a, ho- a hostess <laughs> snowball and a Zippo lighter and some lighter fluid. <laughs> a Lunchable, uh, Lunchable Carnival cruise ship collection. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So that's, that's oh, all right. I can't Bob, get over the, the turkey Bobby American Lunchable. The turkey American um, sour tongue tasting fizz, like turkey American cheese, a cracker, and then like sour patch like, or like sour dust. Like just imagine it's a Jack Black's cum taste like. They have like a version that's like they have a version that's inspired from like chef's table. So it's like the Alinea Lunchables and it's just like a fucking strand of cotton candy and an airsoft gun that shoots it. <laughs> It's like the it's always uh, funny thing. It's like you want a beer? How about a shot? And he's like the shotgun that shoots tequila. <laughs> oh man! All right, those are our lists. Those were fun. I like that. That's a good change of pace. Just imagine like a fucking entire fish on the bone in a lunchables package. <laughs> <laughs> Frozen salmon boy. Just get they get kids really into just ripping fish off the bone. What's like the most labor intensive thing? Like, what if they just put like full like crab legs into the thing with a cracker thing yep. with it? <laughs> yep. they, just, they just they get uh, soft boiled eggs that fucking still have the shell on them. Oh, oh Roll, ro- rolled up sushi though. I'm surprised there isn't a sushi one. That's what lunchable sushi would taste like though. 
how would you make a okay given the current ingredients no new ingredients like what would you combine to lazily make lunchable sushi uh obviously the 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 pizza dough or pizza whatever it is is the outside of the the sushi roll um <laughs> what, what you, you do you you no, dump the ner- you dump the nerds all over the kitchen lunch table, and then you would <laughs> you'd pour the Capri Sun on the nerds, and then you would roll the chicken tenders all around the table, and the nerds <laughs> they're just coated in nerds, and then fucking like take a little plastic knife and just slice it. It's, it's like yeah. the uh, how to basic videos where the guys like yeah here's how you make a cake and it's just him like punching a bunch of eggs onto his table. <laughs> how many times have you guys been meat spinned? A lot. Uh, yeah, I never really had a problem with it. I I just like okay. <laughs> they did it uh, in my middle school. One of my friends, he he did it on the school computer. Like they didn't block. I guess then the firewalls up then. So like the teacher comes over and she's like, "What's that noise playing?" And it's like you spinning me right around, baby. And she sees it and was very shocked. There's like there's like a whole period of time where all the schools were using like the dumbest web blocker ever that like only blocked ESPN.com, but somehow like all the other websites on the internet you could get through real easily. Yeah, <laughs> fucking... like what, what was that Flash game site? E-bombs World? No, 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 Jeff, you might know New, what talking Newgrounds? About. No, no, it wasn't like that big. It was like freeflashgames.com or something like that. Oh, yeah, like there's some generic sites like that, yeah. What was the site? Remember, oh, ro- do you remember Rotten.com? That site was yes. the grossest shit in the world. <laughs> oh, you remember, that was actually uh, bad shit. Fucked up. Remember Homestar Runner? Oh. Mm. Yes. I, I never was just talking to someone the other day about how, how I uh, miss Math Blaster. That, I don't know if you guys know what that is. That's a kind of old game. I feel like I do know that one. Just a math video game that they would make us play in like elementary school, but it was like made math fun because they're like blasting an asteroid by using four plus four. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's it. Fun pod. Again, I, I like the ranking thing. That's fun. We'll do boy bands next time. Tweet us some of the ones you want us to do. Smaller lists. Nothing that we would do in a main segment. Uh, make sure you see The Nun. We're reviewing The Nun and Searching as well. We'll be reviewing those on the Thursday, Wednesday night, Thursday morning podcast. Uh, see The Predator this week as well. Anything else, guys, before we uh, wrap this baby up? Uh, no. To the IU fans out there, uh, their version of The Nun will be a high-powered lawyer who drives around campus in a Bentley. That's a deep cut that don't that only four people listening to this podcast will get. Nice, good one. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Em. All right. I'm ready. I'm, I'm I'm warming up the pipes for uh, my outro. So just let me know. All right. For Ken Jack Control Ballins, I'm Jeff Flo. Well, we'll talk to you on Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Have a good week at the box office.